Hello, hello. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Epiphany Sports Show. It's your host, Drew. I brought some friends with me today. I've got my co-host, Logan. Special appearance from the Dome. We're just happy to be here for the special March Madness edition of the Epiphany Sports Show. We'll go over our free bracket challenge. How to enter that and what to do and how to be a part of that. And then uh, we'll go over some picks. We'll go over some teams that uh, we've kind of followed all year and give our input on that. And we got, a, we got a fun one lined up. So thank you guys for showing up. Thank you guys for everybody that has retweeted and followed and liked and shared and commented and everything else you've done for us so far. We appreciate you guys. Maybe more than you'll know. But hopefully we can repay it with a hundred schmackaroos from the bracket challenge. So, like I said, thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll go ahead and jump into this week's March Madness special preview. All right, so I'm back. We are back. That is uh, Drew Brew. We got Patty Cross, and we got a special appearance. The doctor is in. He has made his appearance for March Madness, which is really the reason that everybody's here. To fill out your bracket, have some fun with it, um, probably for half of our fan base to pick the Kentucky Wildcats for absolutely no reason and give us free money. So, speaking of the free money, we are going to do a bracket challenge. It's going to be a $100 winner, winner take all. Me and Logan are going to make a donation to the people. Hopefully not to ourselves. But uh, we're going to do a bracket challenge. The rules are pretty simple. Uh, we have a giveaway on Facebook and on Twitter. On Twitter, all you have to do is follow us at Epiphany Sport. Tag someone. In the tweet, tag Dome, tag Logan, preferably tag somebody that has not entered it yet, and then retweet said tweet. It's that simple. And put your bracket in, unless you just want to do it. Give us free advertising. <laughs> uh, but it's that simple. And then on uh, on Facebook, just like our page, Epiphany Sports Show. Uh Tag somebody in the post, share it, tag somebody, tag somebody in the original post. It doesn't matter. And um, just share the post yourself. And obviously, once again, get your bracket in. And then you don't have to win it. Uh, you don't have to get the winner correct. You don't have to get the score correct. We're not frauds like ESPN. We don't care. ESPN, the, the tournament challenge app, does it itself, gives you points at the end. Whoever has the most points, that simple. Somebody's getting $100. Doesn't matter if you pick the champion completely wrong. If you have the most points at the end of it all, 100 schmack rouge. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, just go ahead and hop on and do that whenever you want. I think the brackets have to be in before the games start at 11 on Thursday. So. Yeah, they uh, it the uh, bracket challenge itself will walk. Mm -hmm. As soon as the first tip-off, 
of the round of 64 kicks off. And then just another thing I would say, like on top of that, uh, we put it in the tweet and then we put it on the Facebook too. But whenever you're putting your entry in for the bracket challenge, I mean, you can have whatever sort of name for your entry, but we kind of need to know at least have an idea um, of who you are and what entry is yours. Obviously, we're not going to be able to do the giveaway if we have no idea who you are or who even won. So um, try to put your name on it at least or something if, you know, that me, Drew, or or Dumb would be able to reckon, recognize you by maybe. But, uh, I mean, free chance at money, that's never going to hurt anybody, I don't think. These giveaways for a while now. We 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 did a bunch of scores for games. We've done a bunch of stuff. So hopefully uh, somebody can win some free money. Yes, so, sir. What we'll go over next? Um, we're just gonna get. We're gonna try to do a show for each you know round. Uh, but we'll just go over the I guess interesting first round matchups. Uh, somebody that you guys maybe think is a big sleeper. Or, you know, just any anything that's going has anything to do with the first round of uh, the March Madness that starts Thursday. So, uh, Logan, you got any first round matchups you're looking forward to, or any uh, analysis? Well, I figured I figured since this is Epiphany Sports Show and we have done this with similar teams for the football season, I mean, I figured I would just we'll look at the key matchups and the key matchups being Kentucky. Tennessee and Indiana. Um, so that in mind, we'll just go to number 13, Louisiana playing the number four volunteers. Um, a guy to definitely, if you're a Tennessee fan, a guy that you need to make yourself accustomed with in a hurry is Jordan Brown from Louisiana. Um, He's he's pretty legit, and if uh, you get to see him, you're going to understand why uh, the hype is a little real around him. But the thing about this this matchup, to me, just, you know, not somebody who's a fan, just as like an outside perspective, um, the Cajuns prefer to get out on the break, which kind of plays right into Tennessee's, honestly, probably one of their strongest suits of this team this year is, I mean, Tennessee's, in the 98th percentile uh, in transition transition defense. Cajuns don't really shoot the three at a high clip just based on their season averages, but they do have capable shooters, and obviously that's how a lot of these mid-major schools end up upsetting these higher seeds is just by hitting a lot of shots. Um I'm not I'm not gonna try I'm not gonna try to pee and put a fire out, but uh Obviously, Tennessee has had some struggles in March, so you know this is a big game for them. And I think this Louis, like this this Raging Cajun team, they're good enough and they're skilled enough to definitely hang around. So it's definitely going to be a good game, I think. Um, but I, I I still think Tennessee's got enough to pull it out. I think their defense can obviously carry the way when their offense is definitely shortcoming. You got any? You got any additional comments on that there, Drew? No, I mean you kinda you kinda hit it spot on. Brown is a former McDonald's All American, started yep. at Arizona, just 
Rick Barnes kind of touched on it too. He never really just found his footing. Uh, and obviously he's found it this year. The dude averages uh, 19 and basically nine. So, I mean, regardless of what level you're playing at, Division One, that's that's pretty fat. Um, one thing that I did notice, and I, I, sh- I would have been able to guess it because it happens every single year, uh, Louisiana's got a couple guards that can shoot the three ball. That's, yeah, they're. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Not, they, yeah, they're they're capable shooters, but they're not they're not the mid major team of that most people think of. Well, they're just going to be in there jacking three. Like they don't shoot yeah. at a high clip, but they have they, they shoot have shooters on the team. team. Yeah, yeah. You got uh, you got Garnett and Williams. They both average about twenty eight minutes a game. Uh, Williams averages thirteen points a game. Williams shoots forty percent. Garnett shoots forty two. So, I think they're they're capable shooting the three, and everybody knows Tennessee's defense. Uh, whenever they do seem to struggle, is when teams are hitting the three. So, it's a tough matchup, man. I don't all the all the four seeds have unfavorable matchups, and Tennessee is no different. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm obviously not going to pick against Tennessee to win, but like you said, they've, they've struggled without Ziegler. Um, their pace of play is not great, and that never bodes well for uh, higher or lower seeded teams playing first round. So Tennessee, I mean, they just they've had a tough go at it, and we know how Rick Barnes does in the tournament. So we'll see how it goes. But the four the four four seeds do not have uh, good matchups, like I said. Correct. Um, so moving on, we'll go we'll go next to uh, the home of the dome to the kiddies of Lexington playing uh, the 11 seed Providence Friars. I mean, if you, if you've listened to any bracketology show since uh, Sunday, I'm sure when they've had this matchup uh, going, they've definitely mentioned the Bryce Hopkins, um, you know, the Bryce Hopkins game. That's pretty much inevitably going to happen here in this matchup. But, on the flip side of that, the media will also tell you that Oscar Shebway is the end-all, be-all to this Kentucky team. And me personally, I've watched a decent amount of Kentucky basketball this year, and I've watched a handful of the Providence games for reasons I probably couldn't tell you why. But anybody who knows anything about both of these teams know that it's the stars, obviously, yes, have to play good in order for you to win in March Madness, but it's the players around both of these players that's going to make or break in this matchup for me, I think. Um, Kentucky Kentucky has the ceiling of a Sweet 16 team, but they also have the floor of, like, a last four team in, um, and they – I mean, the seeding of number six kind of proves that, I think, you know, kind of right smack dab in the middle. So they've had highs and lows this year. Providence is going to try to grit and grind you to death. Um, They just play that kind of Big East, you know, physical defense style basketball. So it's an interesting matchup. Um, I mean, obviously there's probably not – a whole I mean it's not a it's not a unanimous decision that Kentucky's gonna win this game, I feel like. So another good game on our hands, I feel like, and it's an opportunity for 
Calipari to, you know, silence some haters if he can at least win, you know, one game in this tournament when many people kind of wrote off this team halfway through the season of not even making the tournament. So um, just once again, you know, not a fan of either team, but just as an outside perspective, I, I, this this matchup is super interesting to me. And I'm really kind of – I'm kind of excited to hear what, what the Docs got to say about the Kitties this year. Well, I have the Cats advancing in this one. I do have two other 11-seed upsets, but it is not – the wilderness cats. Um, I like Kentucky's experience this year a little bit. I like Sheeway's rebounding. Um, I think if Reeves has a pretty good game, it should be a lock for Kentucky. Obviously, there is a world, many worlds where Providence wins, but I'm going to ride with Kentucky. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's that's to be expected, and I think it's. I mean, you can back it for sure. And that's what I was saying. You know, you, you mentioned Reeves hitting shots. Like it's it's the people around Oscar that's going to help Kentucky win win this game. And if they don't have people step up like they've shown in spurts this year, I mean it it yeah. it, it could it, it could very easily be a loss um, for the Cats. But I think I'm going to side with you. I, I'm also like I feel pretty confident in the Wilderness Cats advancing. I think. Agreed. So, uh, the last of the three key matchups, at least on my end, we're going to go to the four seed, Indiana. Oh, Indiana. What a terrible draw in the first round, my Indiana. Against number 13, the Golden Flashes of Kent State. Uh, I mean, Sincere Curry is uh, – He's a pretty legit mid-major guard. Uh, it, Kent State is a very legit mid-major team. Um, Kent State has played some legit schools this year in the regular season. They traveled to Gonzaga. They traveled to Houston. And they traveled to Charleston. All three of those teams uh, are in the tournament. And obviously – you know, they went 0-3 in those games, but just the interesting thing about that is all of those games were within single digits. Um, so if that just doesn't kind of go to show you what Kent State is definitely capable of as a mid-major, then I'll just tell you as an IU fan myself, I did not like the draw. I didn't like when they, when they showed uh, Kent State was the matchup, but – I mean, this is this is the season for IU. Obviously, everything as far as like Trace Jackson Davis, Davis's career and all this. I mean, it's all come to this point, and I think the experience and the size that we we have over them will eventually, you know, kind of help us win. But I, I'm just being honest, and as a as a fan in this one, it's it's not guaranteed. Um. I think between the three of us, I think we can all agree that, I mean, we feel pretty confident in our teams winning, but at the same time, it wouldn't be a complete shock to any of us if we all lose or just lose in general. So, um, yeah, the guard, the guard play for Kent State could very well give this Indiana team trouble. Um, we've had this year 
guarding some of the better guards in the Big Ten and just out of you know non conference play as well. So it's definitely not 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 the most ideal first round matchup for IU, but like I said, I mean this is this is the year they kind of have to put it together and at least you know make a pretty solid deep run into the tournament. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, all, like I said, all the four seeds got tough games. I think the committee really punished the the teams that were not very consistent this year. That was either the high of the highs or the low of the lows. Um, Virginia, Indiana, Tennessee, Yukon. Um, I mean, those teams were either, you know, top five team in the country or, you know, they didn't really hardly deserve to be in the top 25. So, uh, Indiana definitely definitely got the shaft. I think that's something that uh, – I mean, everybody's kind of talking about Kent State, you know, you talked about Kerry averaging – I think he averages like 18 points a game. They got Jacobs, too. He averages 13 points a game. Something that I think that's going to make a big difference in this game. And I'm not an IU hater. I, I like IU. I like watching Jackson Davis play. But um, I think this game's more about what Kent State is not good at other than what they are good at. As a team, Kent State shoots 33% from three. And uh, those two guards that I mentioned, Carrie and Jacobs, they shoot uh, 30 and 28% from three uh, together combined. And Jacobs shoots under 40% from the field. So uh, not ideal, especially not ideal whenever you're going against a bigger guard like Hood Shafino and um, whoever IU decides to play at the two whenever they want to. Um, regardless, they're, they're tall, longer guys that can defend. You know – Indiana, they know what they're going to get with Jackson Davis. He's going to give you at least, you know, 18 points, around 10 rebounds a game. That's worst-case scenario. IU's tournament run or lack thereof this year is going to be off who I mentioned a few minutes ago was Hood Shafino. Yeah. Dude is uh, – I mean, he I, – I, every time I feel like I watch Indiana, he sticks out – and it's probably because I've watched Jackson Davis so many times – because he's like the John Fulkerson of in, of Indiana hmm. there for 12 years. Uh Shafino sticks out, man. I mean, it, he's one of the one of the better freshman guards I can remember watching. Shafino reminds me of uh Gilgis Alexander whenever he was at Kentucky. I mean, he's probably not as good of a scorer, but the dude controls the game. And um obviously we know you need guard play whenever you get into into the tournament. Uh, Johnson, yeah. he's done, right? Xavier, yeah, he's done. Yeah. Um, um another thing I will say about that, Hitchfino is a pro. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it would not shock me in the least bit if IU makes it to the Elite Eight or even the Sweet 16. He declares after the end of this year and goes to the NBA. I mean, he. You can just watch him. The games that he's on, the games that he's hitting shots, I mean, he might be the best player on the floor, and that's with TJD out there. So, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with everything you said right there for sure. I, uh, yeah, I, I took the golden flashes. <laughs> yep. Leave it to the, the stinker Kentucky fan to do that, but it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. 
I'm not. Look, I, I'm not mad, Mason. I'm just disappointed. If I, I will say, if I had Indiana winning that game, I would have them in the Sweet 16 for sure, because I picked a different upset. But we can get to that later. Well, I mean, we have already went over the teams that we have intended. So, I mean, Dome, if you want to go over a couple of your uh, first round upset picks, slap them at us. Yeah, so I don't know if you guys knew, but today is Pi Day, three fourteen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'll drop a fourteen seed upset. Um, I'm going to take Santa Clara over Baylor. I like it. The Guanchos. The Guanchos. Yep, yep. Had Baylor losing to Creighton in the next round anyway, so I was like, you know, it looks, that looks solid. So. So you throw at least one in there every yeah every time. So I do have just like I don't know I kind of read it in my own show notes I guess like as a segment but I just put like a sleeper radar and these these are the matchups I'm not like I'm not necessarily picking them but I'm just saying maybe from like even like a betting perspective these are definitely games where I think if you can lay the points. Uh, with the underdog, I, I mean, I would like anything or even just outright wins, you know, at least a sprinkle or something. But Dome kicked it off first, uh, USCB, UCSB, sorry. Atta, baby. Uh, against Baylor. Um, the next one, also a 14 seed. And I, I'm just saying these, these, these are the games, these are the lower-seeded matchups where I just think, you know, they at least have a chance. And obviously there's a couple on here where I'd say the general public uh, definitely agrees that some of these, you know, higher seeds have chances. But the next one's Kennesaw State, number 14, against number three, Xavier. Uh, Xavier players for the year in Fremantle, so – I don't know how they're going to respond. I don't know how much that's going to change, you know, kind of the way they play in the tournament. And Kennesaw, I mean, if you look at their resume as a 14 seed, it's pretty solid. Yeah. Um, and then obviously that was on there, but the last one's also, I feel like probably popular one across the 13 firm and again. Yeah, yeah, I got that one. Yeah, I also have that one. <laughs> um, um, I guess this, is, I guess this, this can kind of go on here, but it's not really. It wasn't on like my sleeper radar, but this is just a low seed versus a high seed, so I'll just throw it in there while I'm while I'm rambling. But uh, number fifteen Vermont versus number two Marquette. I have a pretty crazy. Uh, Pretty crazy betting stat if uh, somebody's interested in that. But I just read this kind of like reading through stuff just randomly and just like, I'm going to write that down. I know a lot of people are probably going to be riding Marquette uh, through the bracket. But Shaka Smart, obviously coach of the year in the Big East this year. I think they were projected to finish ninth in the Big East and they won the regular season and the tournament. Red Hot. Number two seed, obviously, but Shaka Smart as an underdog is not two fifty nine and three against the spread. 
which is almost a 61% clip. However, in the, uh, I guess, stat that pertains to this game particularly, Shaka as a double-digit favorite, 63-2 ATS. So I believe Marquette, I believe Marquette is like 11.5-point favorite. Um, well, I think, but... Yeah, is Smart as a head coach uh, in D1 not, has not been the most profitable coach, we'll say, um, ATS against a team that would be Vermont in this situation. So just something to think about. I like it. Uh, I mean, just to, you guys named most of the uh, – most of my upsets. I will say – I'm not going to play spoiler here, but uh, I do have a team out of the East making a run, and it is not Tennessee or Kentucky. Um, Okay. But they are a double-digit seed. I think that – and I want to throw up saying this because I despise them. But I think that, uh, that USC has a pretty easy path to at least the Sweet 16, and that's that's at least. So, um, they, got, they got Boogie Ellis, dude. He averages 18 points a game, shoots 40, 40, and 80. So, I mean, you can't knock that as a guard. Peterson, the their big guy, well, really, he's just a big guard, but, I mean, he averages 15 points a game. And uh, they, shoot it at the, they shoot at a high clip. They both almost shoot 40% from three, so. Uh, USC is a team to watch. Uh, another team to watch uh, the double-digit seeds. I don't have them winning, but I think they're going to be fun to watch. I think it's actually going to be a pretty good matchup. Is uh, UNC Asheville down there all the way at the bottom, hiding at the bottom of the bracket as a 15. And then um, I think another team to watch, not a sleeper, but an upset alert, is either team, Iowa or Auburn, to beat Houston in the second round of Sasser doesn't play because they look like dog water without Sasser against Memphis. So, uh, yeah, I got a lot of – I got. I don't, I'm not going to say a lot of first-round upsets, but I've got some uh, – I've got some higher-seeded teams winning for sure. So, here's a here's the thing I noticed, and I just – it's kind of funny just because – like especially because me and Drew have just talked about Big Ten and SEC basketball all year, but – I just think it's funny. Like, there's two there's two matchups with, um, in Auburn mm-hmm. as the eight and nine. They're just like, hey, I mean, they're two mediocre Big Ten SEC schools. Screw it. Let's just put them together in the first round. <laughs> like, and then we got another example of that: Arkansas and Illinois. The eight and nine. I'm just like they just, you know, the committee was just like we don't really know what to do with any of these four teams, so let's just make them play each other in the first round. And whoever pulls out of that, I feel like they might do okay. I feel like uh, I don't feel like, but I know I would not want to be a referee in the Iowa Auburn game. You are going to no. get pounded by the coaches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're they're going to be getting stared at the entire time. <laughs> Bruce um, they're going to be staring at you, screaming at you, for sure. 
Um, so I actually, I, I know we, we, uh, sorry, we, we talked about, we've been talking about like a, lo- a lot of uh, upsets, lower seeds. I actually have the records for uh, the 13 through 15 seeds in the tournament. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you say them out loud, they don't sound great. But at the same time, you're like, maybe this year is the year. So the 13 seed, they've gone a crispy 31 and 117. From here. So the 14 seed, 22 and 126 all time. 15, 10, and 138. And it feels like, especially with the 2 and 15s, it feels like there's been a million of them just because of how big of a deal they make of it every yep. single time. Ten all time. I, th- I think <laughs> six. I think six of those ten have happened in the last eight years. I think six of the ten have happened to Duke. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like every time somebody loses, it's Duke or Michigan State as a two seed. It's, I miss I miss Coach K just getting memed to death after losing in the first round. Yeah. Um, All right. Um, We can move on to the betting if you want to. Yeah, sure. I've got – I mean, I've got one on literally right now. I actually bet a playing game for whatever reason. Uh, I got Michigan Michigan State. Mississippi State over Pitt. I I mean, obviously, I've watched a lot of SEC basketball this year. Uh, I've watched Mississippi State more than I would even care to admit. But – Mississippi State, really good at defense, uh, not very good at scoring the ball. But uh, Shaquille, Shaq, whatever is Mason maybe? I don't, I can't think of what his name is. But uh, Shaq's his first name. And dude has been balling late. They got Tolu Smith. He's a big one. And uh, I think he's averaging like 25 and 12 or something in the last four games. So uh, Mississippi State's been playing good. And uh, – Actually, have them winning this game and beating Iowa State, which I didn't bet on that yet, but I may do it. But I, I got Mississippi State tonight minus two and a half. They're up one with 15 minutes to go. Uh, yeah, as for, uh, I don't have any of. I don't have any of nope. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't really. I was gonna bet Texas A&M CC, but uh, honestly forgot. Um, but the rest of them, I'm staying away from the other 16 C game is atrocious. Maybe the two worst 16th yep. ever. Osimo? I, took, I took Mississippi State as well, Drew. Oh, you did bet them? Yeah, I took them and the over. Yeah. The over actually look, doesn't look too bad because they were talking about how bad these teams were and then they offensively and then they scored, what, 33 or something in the first half. Right. So, uh, let's see. The total is uh, 72% to cover. So, that's looking pretty good. Um, as for the rest of my bets, I mean, I just, I just have five for the first round. I got a couple futures. I got a couple futures that I'm also keeping an eye on too. I'll throw those out there. Um, the first one, I, 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 you talked about it earlier. We've watched a lot of big 10 and a lot of sec basketball. So in the tournament, nobody knows anything, but I'm just trying to stick to what I actually think I know. So, uh, I can't believe they're underdog, but I'm going Missouri who is the lower seed of the two over uh, Utah State, who is a one-and-a-half-point favorite. 
So uh, I got Missouri at plus one and a half. That line's still kind of staying the same. They're a hundred money line. So basically a break even game. Uh, Missouri plus one and a half, one unit. I have uh, Colgate plus 13 and a half against Texas. Texas is smoking, smoking hot. But uh, Colgate absolutely strokes the ball. Um, they're one of, um, I think, three teams to win their last four games by double digits, I think is what it was, something crazy like that. Uh, and those teams have covered over 80% of the time. So um, if they're double-digit underdogs coming into the tournament. So I got Colgate plus 13.5 against Texas. That's minus 105 for another unit. And the team I mentioned earlier, I got USC plus 2.5 against Michigan State. I think uh, I think people kind of forgot about USC because UCLA and uh, Arizona obviously got all the love. And uh, USC's got guards. Michigan's got guards. That game's going to be a high-scoring game. The over uh, doesn't look too bad either for that at 137. So uh, USC plus 2.5 at one, minus 115. That's another unit. And um, I mean, this was alluded to. I don't know what dome bet. But he was talking about another update or another upset. I don't know if he was talking about Miami and Drake. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Not so fast, my friend. Give me <laughs> Miami minus two and a half. The okay. number the number was minus one oh two. Is the only, I mean that was a that was pretty nice for a spread. So I put uh, two units on Miami at minus two and a half. I need to fix that. I put one on action, but. Uh, minus two and a half, two units. Got Miami covering that. Drake is dangerous, though. Uh, that dude for Drake is the player of the year. Uh, and they always seem to have some humongous dude down low that can just absolutely give you buckets. And uh, last but not least, just for my first-round bets, I have uh, Indiana covering four and a half at minus 110. I think that, uh, like I said, I think that everybody's talking about what Kent state can do and not enough about what they cannot do um and their resume was impressive like logan said they've they took some teams to the wire it was an unfortunate draw but i just think uh tjd is gonna be uh riding you know he's not gonna he's not gonna want to go out with uh with a first round exit to a you know a mid-major in kent state no no offense to the to the flashes but um iu is another one minus four and a half. I got one unit. Um, are we giving our? I I put a bet because it was a fat, you know, fifteen hundred bet on champions. You want me to hold that or go ahead and spew that out? That is uh, that is that is entirely up to you, my friend. <laughs> I didn't know if we were if we were breaking them out or if we were trying to hold it, but I got uh. I've said this for like two months. For whatever reason, I just had a uh, epiphany that mm-hmm. Arizona was going to win the Natty. So I bet them one unit, one whole unit at plus fifteen hundred. And I mean, I was just going to go over one team that if uh, if IU does get upset early, this is another thing to keep an eye on. Is Miami to make the Elite Eight? Keep an eye on that. That's plus six ten. They got a pretty. I mean, if Kent State 
you know, beats IU, which obviously everybody's acting like can happen. Houston is faster. We don't know about them. And then I'm not really scared of either the eight or nine seeds from that bracket. So 6'10 for a team that can score the basketball in Miami. And obviously, uh, Larinag is a good coach. So, dude, what's the kid? What's the kid from Miami's name that's been there forever? Isaiah Wong. Wong. Yeah. 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 He's a baller. Um, I don't have any bets on action place for the first round right now, but I will say, me, Drew, and Mason, all three of us use the Action Network app. It's on the App Store. It's actionnetwork.com. I mean, all the all the bets from, you know, the tournament we're going to put on there, just like we have all year with, you know, the rest of the sports we've done. But on top of that, uh, whenever we get the full cards made for each day, uh, so starting Thursday, we'll probably just be tweeting those cards out on the Twitter page at Epiphany Sport um, every day for those who – are interested to uh, fade us and make millions of dollars. So um, I don't, I don't have anything. I do have Thursday's lines pulled up and I will just kind of tell you, I guess, preemptively. I think I'm going to be going. Um, I feel like this has kind of probably been hammered, even though the line hasn't, hasn't moved, but I feel like everybody has already written off Maryland to lose that game to West Virginia in the first round. And Maryland's catching two and a half points currently on FanDuel as of 11 p.m. Uh, on Pi Day. So I like, I think I would like Maryland just catching the points. I mean, those two are going to be so equally matched up. And I know Maryland has been absolute booty on the road this year. But I mean, Maryland is definitely got the potential to give a lot of team uh, trouble this year in the tournament if they can advance. But I think I'd like Maryland with the two and a half. Um, an opposite side of Drew just immediately because it feels natural to me, I guess, is I, I'm definitely going to take Utah State to beat Missouri. Yes. Um, Utah State, it sounds nutty. And I know uh, some people don't really care what this man says, but I tend to kind of agree with old Ken Palm some time to time. But uh, Utah State is 18 in Ken Palm rankings. 18. Mm-hmm. Do you know where Missouri's at? 50. 51. That's a good guess. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I just think I think Utah – and that's – that's probably going to be a pretty public play, I feel like. But Utah, Utah State money line feels like the play to me. Um, Alabama being a twenty-one and a half point favorite just kind of makes me giggle. And uh, I think some of the books are even confused because in three, it's a different number in three different places. So yeah. uh, twenty-one and a half, even though Alabama's, you know the proclaimed best team in this tournament, that just kind of feels like a lot, even though Corpus Christi is probably going to end up rolling over at some point. Um, Drew mentioned this, though. Charleston, five and a half. San Diego State. 
I feel like the play would be Charleston there. Uh, I'm going to take Iowa against Auburn. I will tell you that. And then I will take to kind of do the flip coin of the Big Ten versus the SEC. I'm going to take Iowa over Auburn, and then I'm going to take Arkansas over Illinois. Arkansas is a dangerous A seed. Like, I'm not really scared mm-hmm. of any of the eight or nines other than the East region because I'm scared of every single team in that region. <laughs> uh, Arkansas is terrifying, and that's an unfortunate draw for KU. Illinois. If, uh, well, yeah, if, if Arkansas ends up winning that first round game. Yeah. Um, I feel like those, as far as the Iowa game goes, just I'll just touch on that. The Iowa game. If you've got to watch, I know you got to watch Keegan Murray last year, and everybody knows, you know, how good he was at Iowa last year. And now he's playing for the Kings. Um, Chris Murray, his brother, has honestly played just as good as Keegan did last year. They look just alike. Uh, oh, scary. Oh, they look identical, and they play identical. Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you this Chris Murray's going to be the best dude on the floor in that game against Auburn. And Auburn has been so erratic all year that you never know what you're going to get from them. And I was an older team. They got two of the fuck they got two of the McCaffrey brothers on there still. So um I just I feel like I was the is the obvious play, but they're plus one and a half. So they're technically the underdog right now for me. You got uh you got any bets in there, Dom? Yes, sir. So I have one rule for the overs and unders that I'm following for Thursday and Friday. Unders early, overs late. Early games in the last few years have been trending towards the unders. I think it's like sixty seven percent of those games have been unders before six fifty PM. And then after that point, take the overs. Um so my main pick there will be Furman in Virginia under 132 and a half. I think their um, tip is at 1240 on Thursday. So that's me following that under for the early games. Um, and then I have a kind of a cool thing that happened in my bracket. So all my 710 matchups, I'm taking state. Um, so I got Utah State, US, or Michigan State. Penn State and Boise State. So for those seven tens, go state. All hell state. <laughs> um, then I'll take uh yeah, on those lines, I'll just throw a few out. I got Utah State minus one and a half. Um, Arkansas, like you guys were talking about. Uh, Oral Roberts versus Duke. I got the over one forty six and a half. And for that game, if you're watching it and you have the over, as soon as Duke hits 80 or if Duke hits 80, you're pretty much guaranteed to hit that. So as long as that's on pace. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's what I got. Uh, one more tidbit I did uh, I did want to throw out there. If you're looking, you know, for – and that's obviously what we're doing in March Madness is trying to find a little bit of value uh, wherever we can. And obviously it's it's far out, but if you're looking for value in Sweet 16 or Elite 8 picks, uh, two places really draw me value-wise, not, you know, 
team-wise. But value-wise, I mentioned it earlier, the top half of the Midwest bracket, um, I don't love Houston. I'm I'm out on them and, unless Sasser's back and fully healthy. Um, look for Miami, IU. I mean, even if you wanted to throw a Kent State or Drake in there um, for the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight. Um, and then the bottom half of uh, the East bracket, I think that's where a lot of the upsets are going to come out of, at least, you know, further on down the bracket. I, th- I think there's going to be obviously upsets around every bracket in the first round, maybe second. But uh, Sweet 16 and Elite Eight, uh, Kentucky, Providence, Kansas State. I'm not high on Montana State. I don't love them. They've never won a tournament game. Uh, that dude that they got's a baller, but Kansas State's tough. But Michigan State, USC, Marquette, hell, even Vermont, if you want to, I mean, get brazy with it and just – throw 5 or $10 on there to make the Sweet 16. Somebody's going to make a run out of there. I don't love Marquette. I don't love Shock is Smart, like you said, as a favorite. I don't love it. So, um, look for those two places for some value picks for the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight. Um, basically, anything other than Marquette out of the bottom half of the East is over plus 400. So, So the real question to me remaining is who's going to beat Alabama? Yeah, I mean, Bama, I mean, I'm I'm high on Arizona. Not everybody else is. To me, the two teams to beat in the tournament, I'll give it, I'll give it three teams. The three teams to beat in the tournament that impress me the most are Alabama, Texas, and Kansas. I think those are the three best teams in the tournament. Outside of my Arizona pick, um, Bama's got a pretty easy route, man. I mean, their their second round game. If Maryland wins, I don't think it's so tough. But you do not want to play West Virginia and a Huggins coach team second round. That's not ideal. But I mean, San Diego State, Charleston, Virginia, or Furman. Those don't scare me at all. And then, I mean. Utah State or Missouri for a second-round matchup for Arizona, I mean, that they can upset them easily. So, I mean, Bama's, Bama's got a pretty easy path, and I don't think – I think Purdue gets dookied on by somebody. They're going to get blown out in the tournament at some point. Yeah, they, they have they have no consistent guard play, really. No, um, no if, if they don't – if their guards don't shoot – or if they don't make, like, seven to eight threes between the two or three of them, they're not going to compete. Like – at some point, your big man is going to get at least contained. Some teams might even just let Edie do whatever he wants and just focus on shutting down the guards. I'm, I don't, I don't love Purdue. No, me either. Um, Figuratively and literally, I hate Purdue. <laughs> Boiler down. Yeah. So, I think this is another interesting question I'll ask the both of you. So, if you had to pick. One conference to have the best tournament, what conference would it be? I guess I could set like the parameters of who who's gonna have the most teams in the sweet sixteen from which conference, I guess. Um, I mean just just scouting over it, just from what I see, from what I've got, I think uh I got one, two, three. I got four Big 12 teams in my Sweet 16. So, 
everyone else is kind of scattered out and about. I got two two uh, Pac-12 teams and then uh, one ACC team. So, I mean, it's just kind of – it's just scattered, scattered out and about uh, outside of the – the Big 12 for me. Big East for me. Yeah, I, I agree with them. It's – I don't know why, but it just feels like we just haven't heard from the Big East enough, I guess, probably since, I don't know, like the last the last time Villanova won. Um, and I feel like that league was super competitive this year, especially like at the top. It would not surprise me if there was – even three teams in the elite eight from the big East. Yeah. I mean, I've got, uh, I've got three big East teams. I wasn't counting UConn in the big East for whatever reason. I've got three big East in my sweet 16 and that's not counting Marquette. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the big East is due for a, is due for a run. And then I would not be shocked if it's kind of a wash between the big 10 and the sec uh, they kind of get weathered down, and then I feel like I feel like the two the two top conferences remaining at the end of the day is probably going to be the Big East and the Big Twelve. I think that uh, at least spread wise, the Pac twelve has been the best team for the last ten years. So, um, and wow. like three teams in this year. <laughs> well, yeah, I've got three. I've got three. Uh, I've got three Pac twelve teams in my. Um, in my Sweet 16. I don't have any of them in the – well, I've got one of them in the Elite Eight. but No, i got two. So, um, I mean, it's – Sneaky I, Pac-12 I think, guy. I, think, <laughs> I mean, I, I really don't like – I really don't like the Pac-12, but I do like Arizona. So, uh, I would love UCLA if their guard wasn't hurt. So. Yeah, it's uh, big – Mari ba- – no, Mari Bailey's playing. Um, I don't remember the – the guard that got hurt's name. I, I think it was an Arn Bailey. He ruptured his Achilles, didn't he? No, I thought he was still. I thought he was the freshman that's still playing for him. I can't remember that dude's name, but yeah, the right guard. Right. The guard going to UCLA makes them a totally like. I feel like with him, they're they're easily in the conversation for like a pretty. I don't know, like a pretty soft like Final Four run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jalen Clark, sorry, that's the dude that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ruptured Achilles, so um, guard play, like we said, is super important in the in the tournament. So, um, I mean, do you guys have anybody, you know, just sneaking their – Like I said, USC. Um, you guys have anybody sneaking their way through the through the tournament, at least to the Sweet Sixteen or Elite Eight, that was off the radar. Memphis. Um, Memphis. Oh, Memphis. Okay. Yep, we got Memphis taking down Purdue and then Duke. So this is just, you know, I told I told you guys before the show that this was kind of just like my my pre-run bracket or whatever, but um in my Elite 8, I mean, I got I got two 6 seeds in the Elite 8 and one of them being Creighton and the other one being TCU. And those are those are two teams that came into the preseason you know, definitely ranked and definitely thinking that they could be, you know, one of the better schools in their conference and had to deal with injuries throughout the year. And now that both of them are kind of starting to get fully healthy again, I think they might be 
you know, a little underseeded for their potential. And you mentioned Alabama having an easy path. I mean, I could easily see Creighton just having to knock off Arizona in the Sweet 16 and kind of just casually find themselves sitting in the Elite Eight against Alabama. Um, same way with TCU. I mean, TCU, they're they got they got Gonzaga in the round of 32 if Gonzaga beats Grand Canyon. And I'm just gonna take the I'm gonna take the school from the better conference over Gonzaga at this point. Like I just I don't trust in Gonzaga and I really don't even trust in St. Mary's this year for whatever reason. I like it. So uh I mean does anybody else have any little tidbits they want to throw in there before we wrap this thing up here? Nope, just uh about to about to put Dexter's laboratory on and get in the lab and cooking up some bets for, for opening day and the whole weekend. So just be on the lookout for that. Yeah, and like Logan said, uh once you guys join the bracket challenge or whatever, you got the you got the uh Twitter account followed, so we'll post our cards on there. So guys, it's a free app, just click on it. You literally just put your name and information in. You don't have to put a card or anything. Um, and you can track your bets through FanDuel and DraftKings, or you can literally just say, hey, I live in Kentucky. I'm just going to put bets in that I would have made if I lived in the great state of Tennessee. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just, it's just something fun to do. You can keep up with us that way. Uh, but if not, our cards will be on, on Twitter itself. So, um, I mean – as always, we appreciate you guys showing up. We appreciate Dome making a little guest appearance today. Oh, Happy Dome. to be here. Dome is Dome is going to be locked in for this tourney. <laughs> I can just feel it. I love when because uh, for some reason I have my notifications on on action and it'll say Dome like in Doctor Dome has put in his bets and it, I have to click on it to see how many there are because it's a book. So. <laughs> It's all, it's all, it's all Croatian ping pong too. <laughs> Drew, it hasn't even gotten to the worst of it. MLB season is bad for oh. me and Logan. Oh gosh, it's it's bad. Well, a lot of first half run lines. I tell you that. A lot of first half run lines. Yeah, Logan um, did. Uh, Logan did used to do the what first six innings or whatever the thing was. First, first five. five yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know anything about baseball. America. But, I mean, like we said, we appreciate you guys showing up. Uh, hopefully your brackets go good. Hopefully somebody's does better than mine and Logan's. Because if not, we're taking the $100 and we're doing something funny with it. So Something stupid. Something stupid. But, yeah, so we appreciate you guys showing up. Uh, I'll let Logan give the outro that he loves to give. Oh, I don't love it. I unpassionably, enthusiastically enjoy it, Drew. Because do you know why? Because they tune in to listen to us ramble and act like we know what's going on in March Madness. And we don't. I'll tell you that. But we love you. And we have missed you. We are back. Maybe better. Definitely a little older. I don't know. Some might say even a little bigger. Mm. Hey, we're back. We'll see you soon. You'll hear from us. We'll hear from you, okay? Love you. 
kisses, tiny hugs, get money. You know the rest. Taylor attacks, floats, even at 72, 2.7 left. Last chance for the Panthers. And he said he wouldn't take a timeout in this situation. Jesperson, half court, he Jesperson does it.